I'm Ron Algarwad, and this is More Bits. following is a conversation that I had with my longtime co-writer, collaborator, co-host, Matt Robotham. We usually don't talk that seriously on podcasts, but uh, we had some stuff to say about our writing process, about the direction of our Sarcastic Voyage podcast, and about working with each other for so long. And we thought maybe you'd be interested in this. Um, so here it is. I don't like the I suck at intros. That's why... That's why we don't do that on SV anymore. I just mm-hmm. sort of cut in. I learned that from um, uh, You Look Nice Today. Yeah, no, they, they, they definitely nail the uh, just sort of come into it thing. Yeah, and that's like, yes, let's do that. Intro, but, intros are hard. Exits are hard. It's a whole thing. Yeah. That's why, I, we, that's why we have such a shitty fucking yeah. outro on talk. Well, no, that's, that's, why I see a, that's why I make a thing out yeah, of it. Yeah, it's like, okay, this is the thing. It's also, not great, but we have. It's all we have. Also, we now have shirts that say "See you, folks" on the back. I, I'm just gonna say that's pretty fun, cool. Yeah. After a while, it's like, okay, man, this is why you have to. Because I didn't have any justification yeah. for it. <laughs> this is why you're saying it now, okay? <laughs> I wanted to. Every one in ten of those shirts should have Mendoza written on the back. <laughs> But like men, like with a bunch of men, yes. like it should go down the whole back of the shirt, <laughs> extended vowels, men, yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about, and I, there's no other, there's no less douchey way to say this. Mm. I wanted to talk about our process a bit. Yes. Which, Which no, we right? have. Don't ask us about our process. Uh-huh. No. But really. But, but don't ask us about it, but we're going to tell you. Mm. It's a don't ask, Listen. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Mm. We talked about this a bit on uh, on our pal Dirk Walker's show. Yeah, it was interesting on uh, Inside Joke to us. And uh, great show, by the way. Yes, not just the ones with us. I've been on by myself, and uh, mm. he's, he's done a bunch of other ones. And uh, great guy. I really like Dirk a lot. Yeah, and uh, he does a good show. Dirk has a background in actual radio, and so I think his podcast is put together better than than some of the other people we know mm. or, or ours either. <laughs> Take that, people we know. He's also a good host. Um, and us. Yes, and us. Especially us. Yeah. But especially Bart. No, he is a, he is a, he's an excellent host. Yes, he is. Uh, but now we're going to talk about us. Yeah. This is easily the most self-indulgent thing you'll hear us do this week. Mm-hmm. Last week was Emerald City, so uh, it's hard to top that. <laughs> but damn it, we will try. Listen, I will not deny for a second that that weekend, and you know, I include you in this, mm-hmm. but I, I'm speaking in the first person, but this is not to leave you out. That is the one weekend a year I can feel like a fucking rock star. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. Yeah. It's like I, I have handlers, people mm-hmm. who agree to just sort of take care of stuff for me. Let me go get you a sandwich. People who lead us to the venues where we're performing. Yep. Just, it, it's so fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a bit of a dick from time to time because we got all these people taking care of us. And this year I tried to say, look, go have some fun. Mm-hmm. Let's give one small job to each person so nobody's overwhelmed. And yep. go have fun. And they, a eh, little bit. But it was still still a little too much. But in any case, we get to feel great. Yeah. We get to be the center of attention. <laughs> I always get this quote from the Abrams Star Trek in my head. When I start getting too self-conscious about being the center of attention, it's, um, Kirk's just made his way on the Enterprise, and he's like, we gotta stop, we're running into a trap. And Pike just looks at him and says, I think you've had enough attention for one day, Cadet Kirk. 
And I just feel like that sometimes. I feel like I have that performer's need to, you know, to have people love me. Well, listen. I mean, that's where it comes from. We've had that we, forever. We've had, but, oh, not just me. No, we. Okay. We're, we're <laughs> Please, all. Tell, tell me I'm good. <laughs> we're all insecure. Us, yeah. Uh, we uh, creative people. And we're doing it because we want people to like us. Yes. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And because we're great. That's the other reason. Yep. But I have that But weird... we want people to know about our greatness. There you go. That's the way to say that. That's yeah. the spin to put on that. Yeah. This is why we write together. I give the idea and then you polish the idea. Yeah. Now listen, we know we're fantastic. Yes. But we, we want, want other to people know. to know and we want them to tell us. Mm-hmm. And then we don't have to keep saying it. You can over and over again as we, stare, as we stare intently into the mirror. Right. But the thing is... Um... I was I was raised with the, uh, my dad is a Midwesterner and Midwesterners are known for their sort of you know humble like you look at the guys from MST mm-hmm. you look at uh, Joel Hodgson Mike Nelson those guys they are not big look at us we're great nope they're kind of ashamed of their greatness yep I got a streak of that I get a streak. my dad's from Minnesota which a lot of those guys are it's very similar mm. and I get and my dad's not even a guy like that but I still somehow by osmosis got the I, I feel ashamed sometimes. When I'm, uh, I mean, I feel ashamed a lot of the time. No, pretty much all the time. Because I'm me. But, yeah. uh, and I'm a comedy writer. That's pretty much how it works. <laughs> but no, I, it's like, I want people to think I'm great. And then I'm like, oh, too many people are looking at me. Go look at somebody else. All of you need to think I'm great. What are you all fucking looking at? Quit it, knock it off. That's kind of why. Why am I, why do you think I'm great? Yeah. It's, oh. it's kind of why I don't like to do the promo thing. Yeah. Because I don't. I don't know. I don't want to yell, look at me, look at me. I just, I don't like doing that. No, you just want people to find you looking, <laughs> to find you and look at you. This was, this was a difficult thing to explain to people. I mm. think people who were with us last year get it. And people who were with us this year didn't quite pick up on it. My philosophy, and I think you've kind of gotten on board with this. Mm. I want the, uh, I want the material to speak for itself. I don't want to keep saying, look at us, look at us. I want there to be content. Every time we do something to get you to look in our direction, I want there to be something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there needs to be something to actually look at, not just two guys at a table who right. demand attention. Right. I mean, we do. Yes, but, but there should be more there. There's, we're surrounded by tables of two guys who want your attention. Yes. And so we try to do something unique. And, and a lot of those people can draw, so, you know. Mm. A lot of those people just uh, are terrible. Yes. I couldn't think of a better way to say uh, Raven Gregory is terrible, so I just yeah. said it. If you're just joining us, by the way, we hate Raven Gregory. Yeah, we're not a, we're not a big fan of Raven Gregory. If you don't know who that is, that's fine. Don't bother looking it up because he's just terrible. <laughs> if you don't know who that is, good. We've done our job. Mm. Um, but that's been my philosophy. That actually leads me nicely into kind of what I wanted to talk about, which All is right. my like I say, my philosophy. And I'm you know everybody knows I'm sort of driving this. And Matt, I mean, we kid. Yes. But our our dynamic has always been. I sort of come up with the idea. You make the idea funny. That's yeah. pretty much how we work. Yeah, that's always been how we work. That's how we worked on... Yeah, on our terrible webcomic. On our terrible webcomic, which the, I was shocked to discover still exists. Uh, really? You haven't checked Algar.com lately, I suppose. I guess not. Nope. I checked gone. it, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. After the con, mm-hmm. I did this thing. Uh, I revised history. We've always been at war with uh, with East Asia. Sure. Um. No, I did this thing. I feel like I, I'm reluctant to say we're more professional 
but I changed the about us and about the show pages for for SV and Pa because mm. we are a little more legit. Yeah. We have we have now had media coverage. Mm. We have had an official panel. Like I'm trying to sort of draw the line at the beginning of Sarcastic Voyage and say this is where we started, and just kind of say the other stuff that we did and I did before that eh, it doesn't count. Yeah. And say, here's where our career started. I actually started it with the game that I made with Famous Mark a long time ago. Because mm-hmm. that's, to get really inside my head for a minute, that's where I did something really good with a person for the first time. And I realized it's so much better to collaborate than it is to just make a thing by yourself. Yeah. And that's kind of what got me into this. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I took I took Intermen away. Oh, well, it's gone. Good. If you If you want it, that's fine. I'll send you the. Graphic, oh God, but... no! The I was hmm. reading, I was reading over that, and I'm just like, God, I really thought that was funny, huh? Uh, we there's some jokes in there. Yeah, but there's a lot of stuff in there, and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Um. Ugh. But our dynamic tends to be, I overthink things, mm-hmm. and then you kind of put the cap on it. This yeah. is this is the thing. I'm going to flatter you for a minute. I may have done this before. I don't remember. I, I may need a copy of this. Mm. No, I'm <laughs> for when sure. you inevitably cut it. Now, I'm sure I've said this to you before. Uh, I don't know if I've said it publicly. I envy the hell out of your ability to just be funny instantly. You don't have to turn it on. You are the same level of funny all the time. And that is like, I I can't do that. Well, thank you. I mean, yeah, you don't know what to make of that. No. Uh, Should I be ashamed now? (laughs) Go back to calling me a lazy dick. I can deal with that. (laughs) But you're not either of those things anymore. I whipped you into shape. Yeah. I made you the mat you are today. <laughs> Nobody's kicking sand in your face anymore. Nope. Also, this wasn't my observation. Somebody on Twitter is like, why would you date a chick who went off with a dude who kicked sand in your face? That's an excellent question. Why would you go back to her? Yeah. It seems like I no. Ne- I... You know, you just take it as given, mm-hmm. but it's just like... I'm going to win no. her back. What a bitch. That was a bit of a dick move there, lady. <laughs> Hey, lady, I have a little sand for you now. Yeah. Um, but no, you you have the ability. <laughs> how's it? How's it with the Sand Kickers Union now, huh? <laughs> Bitch. Are they a union? Yeah. Are they unionized? The Sand Kickers Local Two Eighty Five. Yeah. Every beach needs a dude in a ba- in a extremely revealing bathing suit who mm-hmm. kicks sand into the into the puniest guy on the beach. Mm-hmm. They have like a uh, you know they got a little device that measures you know that measures you for puniness. The funny thing is, I never knew what the word puny meant until comics. Yeah. Between the Hulk and that ad. Yep. That's where I learned. Everyone be glad. That guy needs to be really glad he never ran into Bruce Banner at the beach. Mm. You mean David Banner. No, I do not mean David Banner. Very well. You may, me- may mean David Banner. I no. have never meant David Banner. All right. Could you say David Banner three or four more times? David Banner, David Banner, David Banner, David Banner, David Banner, David Banner, David Banner. David All right, Banner. stop it. I wrote a song. Apparently you did. <laughs> this is this is the thing that when the show has always been driven by our dynamic, yes. the two of us together. If I show up and I'm not feeling good, and we I've gone to, at length talking to Ed Casey about this. I, I'm on the record. I'm still uncomfortable talking about my depression, but briefly, yeah. I'm bipolar. I'm up. I'm down. Mm-hmm. The show is always driven by our dynamic. Since you're performance-wise, comedically, always at the same level. And I come in with low energy. You can't do anything with that. No. So if I'm low energy, we're low energy. So basically it all depends on me having a good day or a bad day. Yeah. Well, the the thing is that I'm like, I get this thing where I, I, 
I'm really good about getting in tune with how other people are. Yep. You totally are. And when that happens, like, you know, when people are off, I have a tendency to just like, all right, well. Everything's um, low energy, so that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why we write well when I'm on. Yeah. I come up with the plans and sort of the clever stuff, and then you put in the, like, the, the jokes. You write the charts. Right. <laughs> but I've learned comedy writing, as <laughs> I do it now, from Arrested Development. Yes. I totally, like... That is my blueprint for comedy. That is my, like, gold standard. The, the, just the sophisticated, the, the, all the tying in and the just complex, elaborate layers. We, we used to talk about how you saw Arrested Development as religion, which I've, you know, ah, I've seen yeah. more. I, I call it that, but it's, it's true. You know, like, it, I've never seen you work from anything like you worked from that. There are other things, is the thing. That represents it the most. Mm. I have always appreciated comedy that works on multiple levels, though. Yeah. The, the Simpsons at its peak did that. Yes. They didn't do the elaborate, uh, you know, plots. But they did a lot of, you know, stuff where you really had to pay attention. There's there's other things like that, too. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think. There's, um... Alan Moore did some stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily comedically, but back in, back in his heyday. Mm -hmm. Before um, he got sad. Before he got sad and angry and... Uh, <clears throat> I mean, you can't be happy when you live in a cave. That's no. the thing. You think you'll be happy, but you won't be. No. I mean, Caves bears, are cold. Bears are angry, and Batman is, you know, surly, and nobody's happy living in a cave. Nobody. Yeah. The Local only reason cave. Batman's happy in his cave is because he turned it into not a cave. When did that happen? Well, it's got, like, you know, carpet and stuff down there. Does it? I mean, in some places. I've always heard, like, uh, when when people are walking through, I always hear, like, the echo of footsteps. Yeah, no, there, there's carpet in places. I don't think... I think he put down some linoleum. See, now I'm picturing Alfred down there vacuuming. <laughs> and that just doesn't seem right well, at all. Well, he has to be. I. What's he supposed to do with all the bat shit that must end up in there? I think they call it guano, Matt. Yeah, what's he supposed to do with all the guano that ends up in there? I don't know. <laughs> Shovel it behind the giant penny where no one will see it. <laughs> Um, sweep it under the under the Joker card. Right. Nothing. Uh, nothing. Nope. Nothing to see here. Alfred, what's that smell? What smell? I don't smell anything. Then one you... day it's like when you move your couch. <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ, Master Bruce. Did you inhale perhaps some scarecrow uh, some scarecrow gas recently? That's probably it. Oh yeah, that must be it. Okay. Uh -huh. But looking at the looking at the complex stuff, like I said, it's not just a recipe. That just sort of crystallized it. For yeah. Me. You can do this in comedy. Mm -hmm. You can make this. And I've read sort of the. the academic treatises on it the metatextual and self-reflexive and i hate words like that but that's totally what i respond to mm -hmm. and so i do the i do the incredible clever stuff and i'm not patting myself on the back that's just what i like to write i, right. I like to write clever you like to write funny mm -hmm. there's a difference there is totally a difference between clever and funny i write clever you write funny and they they fit together so well yes that i think we have a good dynamic i'll make the cool shape of something and then you'll fill the shape in with you know jokes mm -hmm. Which is kind of important <laughs> to comedy. I like your humor show, but uh, I notice a, a distinct lack of jokes. That's uh, that's probably gonna have to change. Well, it's like I can I can appreciate like the uh, the Christopher Guest movies. You've seen those, right? Oh yeah. There's not a lot of jokes in those. No. There's cool characters doing cool things, but there's not a lot of joke, and that's sort of. No, the I style mean they're that funny, but like yeah. But that's sort of the style I write. There's no jokes. Whereas you tend to write more. I don't know, say The Simpsons or something, uh -huh. where there's actual things that you laugh at. Yes. And that's, I think, why we work so well together. But here's the larger point. 
I think of, I used to think I'm an aspiring writer. Mm-hmm. I used to think I am a, I am one day I will be a writer. And a year or two ago, I just, I, I turned a corner like, you know what? No, aspiring writer is someone who says, I'm going to write my novel someday. Yeah. And never does. We're writers. We are straight up writers. We have written for years. Yep. We've for, written three books. Yes. Between we, us. We publish our stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a podcast. It's out there free. Yeah. And then the books, as you say. Mm-hmm. We write. We write things. Yeah. I am no longer, like, aspiring just feels like, well, maybe one day, but you know what? I'm a writer. That was a weird little revelation for me when we were about halfway through the first, uh, the, uh, the first Trek, uh, Mm -hmm. synopsis guy. It's like, oh, fuck, am I a writer? I guess I am now. Yep. Well, the thing is, you had been. Yeah, but, like, there's there's something about making a book, you know? I, I agree. But, I mean, I self-published a couple of books a while back, and I never, I still didn't think I was a writer. No. That's My the... ultimate thing is going to be when I publish something that has a spine. Well, that's the thing. When we're done with all of Trek. Yeah. I totally want to do just like a hardcover. No one's going to buy it. No. I want to do two hardcovers. One for me, one for you. Mm-hmm. Just to have all of them in one big volume and say, look, we wrote that. Oh, man. I wish you get the cover embossed. Yes. I thought you said embossed. <laughs> I'm Bosk. That's, that's where the cover of the book has the same texture as Bosk. That would be all right. And he's it's got very, the karate it's track very, hands. It's very popular in the Star Wars universe. Mm. Less so in universes that don't have a Bosk. Right. Which is ours. Yes. For instance. Um, Where was I going with that? Yeah, so we're writers. I yeah. had that... Uh, oh, and a, and a quick little tangent on the, um, on the books that I wrote. Mm. This is another thing where I've sort of revised history. I never wrote any books. They're gone now. Uh, I mean, you say that I have a copy of one of your books here. That's fine. But they are no longer, like... But they don't exist. There there may be some copies still out there. Yes. But it's print-on-demand. I had to go to elaborate lengths mm-hmm. to have them stop. Here's the thing. I saw them on iTunes. Yep. And I said, um, no. Nope. I wrote these when I was, like, 22. I'm now... How old am I? 38. I seriously had to think about that. It's all right. I wonder about that myself sometimes. How old I am? Yep. Uh, almost 40, man. I know, it's really kind of creepy. Well, you're going to be 30 soon, so... Yeah, I know, that's even worse. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I win. <laughs> um, but I wrote them when I was 22, and I saw them on, uh, on iTunes. I'm like, I-, I don't want this out there. Nope. The thing is, when people go on iTunes and they want to see one of the several shows I do, I, they, they search for Algar. And yep. it comes up with that. I'm like, no, this has to go away. hmm So I called the uh, publisher, and I said, can we, can we stop this? And they're like, no. No, you can't. <laughs> And so I, can I talk to your manager? And she's like, yeah. I have never had an author come to me and said, could you make my book less available? Yeah. I don't want people to know about this. Yeah. It's like all of them are happy that we just went ahead and made them, you know, put them on the electronic, like uh, on Kindle and on the iTunes. Like nobody has said, why did you do this? Please stop. Mm-hmm. And I told the chick, look, I wrote these when I was 22. I'm not crazy. And she laughed. She laughed her ass off. Yeah. She's like, I, I can see that. And so I got my final um, royalty check the other day. It's yeah. for like a dollar and thirty cents, mm-hmm. and they're out of print. They're they're gone. Um, so hold on to them, people who have them. Uh huh. They're just they're not very good. That's the thing. I I draw the line at when we started not being ashamed of our stuff. Yeah, that was a weird moment where, and everyone got on me for for um, saying, well, the show's not very good yet. Well, if you say that, nobody's going to listen. That's because it's not very good yet. Mm-hmm. Early on in SV, I said, look, we're not 
you know, we're still learning. Yeah, and we and weren't we, very good yet. No. And I think in a year or two, we're going to look back at what we're doing now and think that. But, I, hmm? I feel like it's that that's going to be an ongoing process no matter what, you know? Yeah. Just but, in the fact, like, like I said before, we're a constantly evolving show, SV. Yes. And, and we're becoming something else now. Right, which we talked about a bit. And we're mm -hmm. going to go into that a little more here. Yep. Um, but we reached a point, I reached a point about yeah. a year ago. I don't know how you feel about this, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. All right. I think you've never looked at it the way I do anyway, where I don't know if we're good. I cannot make that determination. I just, I am incapable of that. I don't objectively know if we're good. I just can't tell. But I started being happy with what we're doing. I started being proud of it, of being confident in it. Mm -hmm. The last three shows of SV we did, uh, 159, 160, and 161, I think is some of the best work we've ever done. And I am, I'm really, really proud of it. Yeah. And I've never felt that way before. Like, we did a run of three shows. I actually wrote them and produced them all sort of in a block so we could have some time for Emerald City. And so they're all sort of consistent in quality. And I, I we started doing uh, more stuff with audio, like uh, better quality audio. And yep. just the voice actors are getting up to speed and, and the, the writing and the improv. And it just, I was so happy with them. And I've never felt like that before. We got up there with our uh, panel. Mm-hmm. And I think we did great. Like, neither of us stepped down and said, well, that sucked. Yeah, no. But I'm... You stepped down and walked away, and I stayed up and talked, talked to somebody to about some... gay porn, apparently. About gay porn, apparently. Yeah. I stepped down, and some cute girl said, I love your show. How do I listen to it? That that right there, my friend. Yep. It wasn't like they were swarming around us yet. But one cute girl. Yeah. that's. It, it didn't matter if it was a dude or a girl. I mean, the cute girl made it better. But the fact is, somebody waited until the show was over to ask us. Yeah. How do I get more of that? It was great. And we told them. Well, you yes. told them. Yes, I was you were over escape. talking about gay porn. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm curious what you think. Because like I say, I only, the last year or so, and post on my core, same thing. We turned a corner on that show where I'm like, we got this format. Mm -hmm. It's not a formula to the point where it's the same show every week because it's always different. But we got it locked down so that we could do that show in our sleep. And the last year or two of episodes of that, it's like, I don't think we've done a bad episode. Yeah. And again, I say bad subjectively. I say an episode I'm ashamed of. Yes. But I'm curious how you feel about all that. I don't know. I mean, I couldn't tell you if we'd ever, like, if we've ever done a good episode or not. I don't really think about it like that. It's gotten to the point with, it's always been with SV. It's just like, well, now I get to hang out with my friend for a while. Mm. And often more than just me. Yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, yeah, that's nice. Um, I guess you don't, I mean, that's just the difference between you and I. I'm the analytical one. You're the, you know, show up and be funny one. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and again, I envy you that. But on the other hand, we wouldn't be doing it if one of us wasn't the, the planet. Listen, guy. if we were both like that, we would have done an episode. Yeah. And then we would have stopped. Probably. And seen I, something shiny. Yeah. I, I do not have the ability to make stuff happen. Well. You know? There's a, one of the things that we need to do, that we've needed to do with the show, and it's, you know, it's something we've done forever, is I need to have, like, okay, you need to show up at this time, we're going to be working for such and such amount of time. Yep. Do this, get me that, and that's it. Yep. No, what I do is I ask you when you're available, and then yep. I set a schedule, and that's what I do. Yeah. And, I and try... throughout the week, you will get DMs from me, pretty much constantly going, okay, so what's the, <laughs> when are we doing this? Now, what's on for tonight? What do I need to know? You used to do that. <laughs> You've gotten a lot better with that. Like you, 
especially with post Core. The thing is, SV is gradually becoming more my thing. Yeah. And you're always involved. You're always, you know, your input is, is considered just as much as mine. Yeah. It's just we reached a point where we're doing a whole lot of stuff, and you got a life, and you got a girlfriend, and you got you know you got stuff to do. I do. And so, okay, let's re- redistribute the weight here. I'll do some writing with other people, and also you. Mm. And Postamacora will be like fifty-fifty. And we did. It always surprises me because I'm used to SV. I'm used to you just saying, "Yeah, what you say is fine." And then with Postamacora, it's like it totally feels like you and I are pulling equal weight there. Yeah, which is great. We have a thing. But again, I don't think you think about whether it's good or not. No. You go back and listen to old episodes. I can't do that. I do. I do that a lot, actually. Um, part of it is, part of it is, you know, it's something to have, I enjoy listening to, I enjoy listening to us talk. Us. Us. Yeah, you I and me not. and yeah. other people. Yeah, I can't do that. Once and I, once a lot I... of that, a lot of it is the fact that it's basically, a, it's basically a show written around stuff I find interesting. Funny that. Uh-huh. I do have the thing where... After a little while, I will completely forget it. Yeah. And we've talked about that a lot on both shows where people say, hey, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, that okay. was the answer to the thing you asked in episode 23. Uh, we're on episode 162, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like that, but mostly because I have a shit memory. Well, that's what I'm saying. I just, uh-huh. everything's moving forward for me. Yeah. And I used to be a dick. I used to be a dick about so much stuff, and I feel so bad about that. Mm-hmm. I used to, I mean... I sort of internalize it now. I still think people are being jerks, but it's mm. like, why do I? Why would I even tell them that? Yeah, it's not worth than, it. Yeah, and here's the thing. Here's the thing that I'm not comfortable talking about on the actual show, but this show seems to be the weepy confessional show. Sure. So what the hell? It won't always be this. I got some light stuff I want to talk about too. You and I at some point are going to sit down and talk about Venture Brothers for as long as it takes. Yeah. There's be. a show. There's <laughs> another example. Yep. Of something that's really deep and complex. Yeah, that's a big one. That was like that, like Arrested Development. That's mm. way up there. I was trying to think of examples. That's way up there. Um, but here's the thing: I, I don't really like to talk about because I've tried to withdraw from talking about stuff like this. Mm. When the show posts, which Post uh, Core posts Sunday night, Monday morning, and SV posts Thursday night, Friday morning, I always wait. I always wait to see what people think, to see what you know, if people laugh or whatever. And we just don't get that. Yeah. We don't. We don't get the input and. I don't. I guess people don't think of it that way. They probably listen. They probably enjoy it, but I don't know. I try to go out of my way when I hear something really well written or really funny. I try to tell the people who make it that I liked it. But yeah. I don't think most people think that way. I don't think so either. I I find myself occasionally doing that with stuff that I like, but it's not something I do a whole lot of. Mm. You know, just because it. No, I the, know. The thought always goes to me with something like that. It's like, man, I really like this webcomic. I should tell the guy that writes it that I like it. And I think, why the hell does he want to hear from me? But they always do, Matt. They so I, I, do. I, and you'd think, you know, you'd, you'd think that I would realize that, but nope. We, we get this occasionally. Mm-hmm. We get these really heartfelt emails in the Sarcastic Voyage box of people saying, I discovered your show. It's fantastic. I really like you guys. Or post-stomach or same thing. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often, but uh, Ted Bigsby, who's now a part of our circle, yep. came about by saying, I watched your Transformers reviews, I love them, and now I'm listening to your show, and I yeah. love that. And it was just this really long thing, I listened to you while I work, and you got me through some, you know, really long shifts, and I was like, this is really sweet. Yeah. And occasionally we get that, and it's, it's fantastic, but usually, and this is everyone, this isn't just us, mm. you just don't get that. No. And so it's hard. It's hard for me. 
because I spend so much time planning it, thinking about it, trying to be funny, working with you to make it funny. Yeah. And I put it out there, and it's just like, huh, crickets. Yep. It's like, well, what was all that about? Yeah. And that's why I have to be move on to the next thing. Yeah. Or I will just dwell and be miserable. And but and I mean the people the pe like there are people out there who are you know super passionate about it. You know we we saw t we saw a bunch of them this like last weekend. Yeah, we got a picture of all these people in our t-shirts with mm -hmm. our faces on their chests. Yeah. And you know I'm I'm very uncomfortable when people say oh your group the sarcastic voyage group. Mm -hmm. well, this is how those people met, but they're just as much there for each other as they are for us now. Yeah, absolutely. Which is fine. But they did donate. They do listen. Mm -hmm. And it's great. But because you don't think about it, you don't go through this. I think about it so much. I'm like, do people like this? Do people like me? And it's it's rough. And so I just I try not to think about it anymore. I try to, like, that's why I keep so busy. Yeah, I, I don't okay. know. Because, I mean... I guess it's just, just my thing's always been if SV went away tomorrow, mm -hmm. you know, I'd still have all those people. Like yeah. it just just because just because we weren't doing the show anymore doesn't mean I you know can't talk to like all all these people we've picked up over the years. See, I love those people, but to me, they have nothing to do with the show. Mm. They support the show, they listen to the show, but it's not. If they all stop listening tomorrow, I'd still want to do it because. I mean, I want an audience. Yeah. But at this point, I'm doing it because I'm writing comedy and I'm getting better at writing comedy. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like. Oh, yeah. It goes back to what I was saying. It's about the content. Mm. But this goes back to what I what I started saying. We're writers. Yeah. We are, we are comedy writers. And that's why I'm loving the direction SV is going in. I love writing sketches. I love writing a page or two script and then handing it to pe talented voice people and hashing it out with them. Uh, th there's an intermediate step where Matt helps me punch it up. Yes. I don't mean to gloss over that. <laughs> no, hey! <laughs> really, you, 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 you know. You do it all yourself, huh? You son of a bitch. Well, listen. <laughs> I wasn't going to say this, but in those last three blocks of episodes, you wrote one and Gav wrote one. And I yep. wrote all the rest. Yep. That's why I was so happy with it. Mm-hmm. No. Well, I mean, that's another thing. I don't, like, we talked about this a while ago. I don't write scripts for the show anymore. No, but you punch up. I do do punch up, but, like, I can't... One no. of the things I used to hate about doing this show, and it drove me nuts for the longest time, well, was... you felt like homework. Yeah, I can't just sit down and sort of, like, yeah. pull a script together. You would talk to me about, like, you would do this thing, you would wake up, and you would have an idea for a script. Or yep. you would have this thing that you could just pound into into shape. Well, I, that's because of my crazy ADD brain. I'm constantly, like, ideas come to me yeah. so fast. If I don't write them down, they're gone. Yeah. And if you don't have that, then... I don't. Yeah. And so, like, if, if I'm going to... If you have to sit I'm... there and look at a blank screen and think of an idea, then yeah. that's, that's torture for you. Like, when, the, the, the the rare scripts that come to me usually come to me when I'm not thinking about it, which means that it's unreliable, which means that you can't, you know, depend on me to be, you know, have a certain amount of stuff ready for when you need it. Yeah, and no, so now I would just rather you, when ideas come to you, write them. Yeah. And then we'll put it in the next show. Yeah. And uh, unless we do like the Aaron Fawcett thing, where that's just sort of, you know, you just let that pour out of some weird part of you. Yeah, Aaron Fawcett is, I love writing those because they're oh, yeah. fucking weird. Yeah, and I love that we're starting to take that into a slightly improv direction. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. That was, <laughs> I got to tell you, this is me patting myself on the back, but that bit we did with me as the werewolf. Yeah, that was great. That was one of the best things I think we've ever done. And yeah. That was total back and forth. I had some notes. Some you had some a, stuff to work some with. Some kind of a werewolf. Mostly we were riffing off each other, and it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
but I mean, I love, I love doing that. I, I literally woke up. It, this is, this is completely true. This isn't just me saying this in this conversation. I woke up at two o'clock in the morning, uh, had to pee because mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's the schedule. And I had a half baked idea. I have it in my head right now that a bunch of shows are coming up. I need to write sketches. Uh-huh. Apparently that subroutine is in the back of my head because I woke up with a sketch idea. Wow. Came in here, jotted it down, went back to sleep. Mm. Looked at it the next morning and it was still funny. So that was good, but that's that's how my brain works. Yeah, I can't, I cannot do that at all. That's just that, and and that impress, like that impresses me. It's just that you can do this out of nowhere. Well, and this, I think this show is going to go up first. But uh-huh. uh, Ed Casey and I had to talk about ADD, and we'll talk about that more at yeah. length. But that's just the way my brain works. I constantly mm. have thoughts. I constantly have, and it's so hard for. That's why I'm list guy. Because if I don't put this stuff in a list, it doesn't go anywhere. It's just a pile in my brain. And so I've learned to organize it and say, okay, I got 10 ideas. There's a show. Yep. 10 more ideas. That's a show. And then I start crossing off the bad ones and the five best ones go in the show. That's just, that's how it works for me. Mm -hmm. But you can sit down and bang out a a post-atomic horror summary. I don't know how many you've done, as we say, doing your homework on the bus. Yep. Or you just, we watch the episodes and you literally write it 10 minutes before the show. And it's just as funny as one's. That I sit and agonize over. It's it's that stream of consciousness thing again. But that's the other way around. I used to, it, I used to like, I used to write them with the uh, with memory alpha open in front of me, mm. you know, so that I would have like remember what what happened. Yeah, so I would know exactly what happened. Right. And it sort of dawned on me at some point or another that it's like this is way better if you know we just go by what like the few things I do remember from this thing. Yeah, because that gives more of an impression of. You know, yeah, what, what we took away from it versus what actually happened. And I mean, like, obviously, over the you know, over the however the hell long we've been doing it, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's gotten to the point where I've gotten better at it just because you know you you do it every week. Yeah, well, and that's why going into that, I feel like I had a bit of a stronger sense of it because I did a hundred Transformers episodes. Yeah, exactly. I, then, I I struggled the first few. Well, the first few we didn't find the the sort of rhythm of it either. No. But I think I was already sort of in the habit of it, and you just had to catch up. And after yeah. about 20 episodes, you did. Yeah. That, that one, I can't go back to those early episodes. It's just like, oh, God. Well, welcome to my pain. Yeah. What the fuck is ma- it was the man trap about? Yeah. Shit. Oh, and we got a lot of that when we write our episode guides. Yeah. Which one was this? I had How, to What is... Huh? Yeah. Which, I, which is fine when it's you and me writing, when it's us taping the show live, and I'm going... Okay, I think Bo- Bones met his old girlfriend or something the fuck happened yeah that's not good that's not quality that's not quality listening not at all that's not anything but we we're the opposite is what i'm saying like i can sit and write a bunch of uh, scripts you can't Mm. but we're the opposite when it comes to post-stomach horror where i have to sit and carve it and analyze it and like and it's homework for me it's it's frustrating and i have to really work at it and you just you just write it yeah no i i fucking love doing the synopsis for uh... I, i love it too but because of my writing style, mm. I can't do it the way you do it. Yeah, you you enjoy it and you just you bang it out. Well, I noticed the other thing is that you get a lot more analytical when you do yours. That's my style. We talked yep. about that before. That's and sometimes it doesn't. It kind of falls flat, mm-hmm. and sometimes it works really well. There was a few weeks ago where I built up to a joke that you didn't see coming, and I ended it with, uh, "But it was too late." He'd seen everything. <laughs> that was fucking great. <laughs> But that's that's the way I write. I started with the last line, and I tried to make it so you couldn't tell that's where I was going, and that's mm. that's my style. 
Whereas you'll hit a bunch of funny things all along. And I'm thinking of the shape of it and I'm thinking of the recurring themes. I do a lot of recurring, like, you know, repetition, coming back to a thing over yeah. and over again. And, you know, li literary devices. I use literary devices in jokes, which is ridiculous. I mean, that's very impressive. Yeah, but you do jokes. And that's why I think our live panel works so well, because we co-wrote those. Yeah. I wrote mine, you were yours, and we just sort of meshed them together until they, they fit. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if we had the time, I think that would be great to do forever episode. But it's just, oh, it's yeah. such a, like, we worked on that thing for a month. Yeah, we did. And we rehearsed, and we cut yeah. stuff that didn't work. Yeah. And we we went through that entire show, I think, three times before we actually did the... We did. We did it by ourselves, and then uh, Bob wanted to jump in a couple of times to do yeah. the um, to make sure the AV was right, the slides and all that yep. stuff. And we'd have ideas. We'd say, well, why don't you put a picture of this here or mm -hmm. move it around or whatever. And the thing is, we talked about this before. Um, every time we did that, we did it, like you say, three times and then live. Yeah. It was completely different. Yeah. But I mean, each of those, I would have been fine going up oh, yeah. in front of in front of people. There was one where I kind of skipped something and, and fumbled the setup for a payoff for later. But right, other but than I mean, that, like, that's the kind of, you know... That happens. That's the kind of thing that just happens. Yeah, where I got to play my quote at the end because I forgot or yeah. whatever. But the thing is, we riffed off each other so well that we had our talking points and we were able to get all those in. Mm -hmm. But we were completely able to just have an entirely different conversation every time. Yeah. And that's because we've been writing together since... The first Intermen strictures, I think, was 2007? Yeah, God, we've been doing this forever. Yeah, we've been writing together for a really long time, and we, yeah. got, that, we got that thing now. Mm -hmm. We got that, you know. We've talked about this, where we wrote the episode guides, and we literally would just, we would complete each other's sentences. We would go, like, Matt, this kind of joke goes here. And you'd say, oh, yeah, I see that. Yeah, that's fucking weird. Like, I, I've never heard of any other writers doing You that. have someone else, what, like, hop on our Google Docs while we're writing one of those things, and it must look like an insane person. Yeah, or you just assume it's the same person. Yeah. There can't be two people typing this. No, that doesn't make any sense. No, there's two cursors, but they're typing the same sentence. Yeah. But you, we know each other's patterns so well that we can just say, this goes here. Mm -hmm. This is that kind of joke. I'm setting this up. You pay it off. And it works. Um, but that brings me to the reason I keep hitting on the fact that we're writers. Yep. Emerald City this year. Which, yes. As we record, this was almost two weeks ago. Yep. In incredible show. We talked about this on SV. Incredible show. Best show ever. Like, of yep. the, this is like our fourth annual one. I do that. I do that uh, montage every year. Mm. I have the picture of us doing a live show with my laptop at Chris Page's table. Yep. In 2010, where there is, I'm looking at it right now, there are four people there. Yep. Uh, Chris and Laura, Angel and Simon. That's it. Just watching. Oh, and Adam Witt's behind us, so five people. Yes. Basically, the people who manned the table and one or two hangers on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we had just started the show. We're like, hey, let's do it on the floor of the con. That would be fun. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it was like, well, I'll be down for Emerald City anyway. You're going to be there. We might as well... Uh... This you will know, be a see. nice novelty. Let's talk yeah. about a thing we're both into. We walked around the con floor and recorded some stuff, too. Mm -hmm. That was fun. Yeah. But it wasn't like a thing. Uh, the next year, I said, well, that was fun. Let's uh, let's get together. Uh, we looked at conference rooms and stuff like that. They cost too much money. So I'm like, let's, let's get some people together in a hotel room. Yep. Let's get a hotel room and invite all our friends over. And I'm looking at it now, and I think there's like 10, 12 people there. We're in the table at the back, like the desk at the back. Mm -hmm. And our friends are sitting there and... Uh, Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, yeah, there's like ten people there. Which is, yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun doing our thing in front of our friends and, yep. and having a good time. 2012, look at that picture. We got 20 of our friends 
sitting in a room that we rented at, at the convention center at a, mm-hmm. like a, a little performance venue. Again, just our friends. One or two strangers, but not, not really any. And Yeah, we picked like, up a couple of people, some of whom had children. Yeah, which was a little awkward. <laughs> oh, shit. That's why at the Postnomic Horror Panel I made sure. I said it several times. Yep. They made us at the door say if what, what rating we would give this, and I would say PG-13. Yep. Um, but now I have 2013 to add to that, where we had a panel, and I haven't been very public about this because I wanted to be kind of vague, but what the hell. Uh, the dude said he knew who our group was. He yep. knew who we brought in. We had like 15 people. Uh, 60 people on top of them. Yeah. That's uh, fucking cool. So the headcount he put down was 75. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that didn't count Bob and Kim who were running the, the AV board and the uh, camera. Yeah. But 75 people in a room that sees 200, that's not bad. No, and that's pretty good, actually. When you consider Patrick Stewart was doing his thing at the same time. Yeah. And 60 Star Trek fans decided they'd rather see two people they don't know than Captain fucking Picard. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty great. Like, that's that's our core audience right there, basically. Yeah. And Comic-Con has a fair amount of... Uh, of Trek fans, but I, uh, I... Yes, it does. But I noticed at the table, not, you know, maybe 50%, maybe more. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to find them there than anywhere else. But there's a lot of people who don't care. There's a lot of people who see, well, no, I'm into Star Wars, not Star Trek. They think of it as a... You can only be into one of them. Yeah. Oh, I like Firefly. I don't like Star Trek. Really? Because I really? like both. Yeah. yeah. But in any case, I would say at least 50%, maybe more. And of those people, a bunch of them went to see Patrick Stewart. And mm-hmm. some of them thought those guys at the table with the puppet were funny enough. That <laughs> also, I'm this go line see. is too long. Yeah. Let me go see what these guys are doing. There was a line to see us. That was so fucking awesome. Amanda got pictures, and one of them had a bunch of our friends in it, and I didn't mm. think that was fair. And she got, <laughs> she got. Well, I mean, I'm not going to post that. It's like, oh, look at all the people. Yeah, half of them were, you know, Bigsby and Dave, and you know, uh, yep. uh, you know, that's not fair. <laughs> but we got one. There's one guy that we know that proves this is our thing. Yep. And we just take a picture of a line at someone else's panel. Chris Page is at the front and a line full of strangers waiting outside the door for us to start. That, like, okay, that's my 2013 thing, like, to go up on the thing. And Amanda got a great picture from the back of the back of 75 heads looking up at us. Mm-hmm. And we're way off in the distance in front of all these people. And so we're obviously just gradually building up. And... Like we said, we we rehearsed the hell. We wrote that. We rewrote it, rewrote it, rehearsed, and it went great. Yeah, we, we and loved it turned it. into a really good fucking show. Yeah, and I feel like we can build on this momentum. Yeah. Uh, the Emerald City guys are setting up Rose City Comic Con in September in, in Portland. We will be there. It's a bit smaller. I'm definitely going to try and get us a, a panel there. And since it's mm-hmm. smaller, I think we can. Yep. And then based on that momentum, I think next year at Emerald City, we can probably get another one. Yep. And then based on that, we might be, you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're building. It's slow, but we're building. Yeah. But here's here's the thing I was reluctant to talk about on Sarcastic Voyage. We did a Sarcastic Voyage show, which I am not trying to talk about. Yeah. We um we didn't think we were getting a panel. So we rented a room again, like we did mm-hmm. last year. We time. were basically, the idea was just to do what we had done every year on right. a slightly, you know, slightly larger scale. Yeah. Which is... um. We couldn't get the room we got last time because the con has gotten so big that they basically spread out into every available room. Yeah. What's great about that is the room that we were, like the, the panel room, was right across from the room we weren't allowed to get. Yeah. And so we could stand there and say, fuck you, ours is better anyway. Yeah, and it was. Yeah. 
but there's a there's a theater connected to the um, the convention. The uh, con space, yeah. It's it's independent. It's just a theater, but it's connected. Mm. And okay, we'll get this. And it wasn't all that. It wasn't cheap, but our fundraiser pretty much covered it. Yeah. And we did a lot of prep for the Emerald City show. We did a little, or for the Paw show, we did a little prep for the SV show. Mostly, we got up there with a couple of talking points and left ourselves to our own devices. The I the plan sort of was, you know, we were going to riff like we always do. But we had some prepared, like we recorded like three or four test host segments. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, this run is funny. This run is funny. If we start panicking, we have this material to fall back on that we've already done and we know it's good. Yeah. I don't know what the hell happened to that. Uh, in my case, I blanked. Yeah. And I had them written down in front of me and I tried to lead the conversation yeah. there and it just wasn't. I didn't have anywhere to go. You weren't picking up on it. it was, no. I'm going to just say this. It was a disaster. Yes, it was. I And we had strangers there. Mm-hmm. We had our group, and we had, I don't know, five or ten people. Amanda's co-worker was there. Oh, yeah. what's her husband into? Oh. Wow. Uh, yeah, that... I and... think... I think the having the uh, the the new people in probably was a, was a part of it. Yeah. Because, like, the more, you know... The more you flail, the more it's like, oh, God, and I'm doing it in front of people I don't know. That may have been a factor for you. Uh, I don't want to speak for Dave. I think he thought we did an okay job. Mm. And I, you know, if he thinks that, that's fine. I do not agree. Um, And I, I'm going to play this card. It's my show. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, it's your show, too, but you know what I mean. No, well, I agree with you. Um, But, I mean, sir, I don't want this to just be me being Mr. Analytical. You, you, you know, you talk about it. You talk about what, what how it was and what you think we did wrong. <sighs> I just, I don't know. It's the, like, I don't know if, if having, I mean, clearly having the prepared material didn't help. Right. Um, it's weird because I can get in, I can usually get into that, that, that riff space, that riffing space. Well, it's like we were talking about. I'm jealous of your ability to do that. Yeah. Like, but, but you lost that ability there. Yeah. But I mean, you know, part of it is I'm not, shockingly, not good in front of people. Yeah. Uh, I assumed I could, you know, I assumed I'd do better this year because you know we did fine last year mm-hmm. uh with both but well no because last, last year the SV show was it was a, yeah, a lot weaker good. too yep mm. and that's that's where i'm going with this that's i had a i'm, I'm reluctant to call it an epiphany mm. maybe it was maybe it was a creative epiphany it was a, it was a huge realization that as a guy i knew who unfortunately is no longer with us uh used to like to say the dawn the dawn what is it? The dawn rises over Marblehead. <laughs> I just thought that was a great expression. I had what could, what can only be described as a moment, moment of, clarity. of clarity. Right. No, I just like from uh, Pulp Fiction. Thank you. I Sorry. had what alcoholics refer to as a moment of clarity. moment of clarity. Yeah. <laughs> the dawn rises over Marblehead. Yes. Um, I just I realized I this is a, such a maybe an obvious thing to other people, but I just mm. ne- it never hit me like this. We are writers. Yep. We are not performers. Ew. We are performers by necessity. Yep. We get on a show and we do things with our voices, but we're writers. We are totally, I'm, like we just said, I'm 100% confident in that. Mm-hmm. We did the post horror show. We nailed it because we wrote it. We rehearsed it. We had it in front of us. 100% gold. Yeah. I, I'm comfortable saying that. We did great. 
Yeah. The SD no, show. No, I completely agree with you. The only part that went well, and everyone he told me this. <laughs> the nice thing is it wasn't just us, you know, oh, we weren't decorated. Everyone I said, uh, hey, so that wasn't so good. I expected maybe, oh, no, that was fine. I got a lot of, uh, you should be very proud of yourself, Homa. You got a great house here. <laughs> you got a great home here. Yeah, that's it. That's Well, uh, well, Al, that was the best episode of Impy and Chimpy I've ever seen. Mm. Not even that. <laughs> Top 20, maybe. <laughs> but the one thing that went over well, and the one thing universally that everyone said, yep. was like, but the sketch went well. We did the, we did the table read. Mm-hmm. Which was uh, me and you and Dave, and uh, we brought up uh, Brian and Kim. Yep. And we had a sketch that we had prepared, and uh, Dave did his narration thing. We were Nick and Willikins, and and everyone said, and they used the word "killed." I don't know that I'd go that far. The sketch we maimed. Yeah, the sketch went well. Yes. And that's when it hit me. That and the post comic horror show doing well It's like when we write things, it's great. Yeah. When we don't write things it's not great yeah and i mean like we can do that you know we can do the the talking the the host basically the host segment stuff yeah like we can do those fine when it's the two of us yeah, on the show like this sometimes we do okay when a third person comes in sometimes we don't no but um, you know it depends on who the person is but you know in front like live in front of people you know what we should be doing is the is you know prepared material. scripted material yeah yes the thing is, even on the show, I'm gonna I'm gonna peel back the curtain a little bit here. Mm. The last six months, definitely in that last run of three, but yeah. before that, I have been chopping the hell out of our conversations. Yes, and I like to think it's fairly seamless. I'd like to think, like I go back and listen to those bits, and it's like I okay, this one was a little awkward, but for the most part, I know this lasted half an hour, and now it's ten minutes, and I made chops everywhere, mm -hmm. and you can't really tell. And if I'm wrong. Listeners, let me know, because I, I want to get better at that. Yeah. But we are doing, we're sitting here doing this. We're, uh, the funny stuff, anyway. We're, we're riffing for half an hour to an hour, and I mm. chop it down to 10, 15 minutes. That's, we've become accustomed to that to the point where we get in front of people, we don't have that luxury. So, we, we work together well, because when we're riffing, we're basically writing. Yeah. It's the same process. We, mm -hmm. we get together and we bounce ideas off each other, and sometimes it's funny. And that's what the host segments are. Yeah. And when it's not, we cut it out. Right. And that's why those bits work. But because we have the dynamic of co-writers. Mm -hmm. But when we can't yeah. cut anything out, right. There's we're that. left with that horrible dead space. But, and here's here's something. This is really becoming the weepy confessional show. Eh, fuck it. I already told people about my horrible depression, so <laughs> why not? Um, we had a very old dear friend of mine, Jason Ellis, mm -hmm. on episode 161 of Sarcastic Voyage. Yeah. We recorded a mail segment with him. I seriously nearly cried because it was so terrible. Mm. And Matt's like, it was fine. What's the problem? Jason, early on... He and Famous Mark sort of took me under their wing, basically taught me how to be funny. And they're, you know, I don't know what you'd call them, my mentors, you know, older brothers, whatever. But it's very important to me that I sort of impress them, make yeah. them think I'm the, funny. The, look, this is what I can, this is what I do now. Yeah. And I feel like I fell on my ass twice with him. Mm. And it's because we're doing something that's unprepared. If I, 
and we're actually going to do this. I'm writing a, a script right now. If I went to him with a script, I would not feel that way. Yeah. I would say, I wrote this. You read it, Mr. Voice Man. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that insecurity at all. I would say, this is good. I know it's good. Mm. Whereas when we're doing the, the shtick with him, uh, it just wasn't Not so much. We couldn't find that. the rhythm. Yeah. We just, he was on a different wavelength. We were not, our thing wasn't working with him. Yeah. And I just, we have, we've had that a lot. And it's more me. Cause like you say, you can sort of step into other people's rhythm. Mm. But if the three of us can't get it working, then it's not going to work. Yeah. And that's why I, we, the three of us aren't on, you know, it's not worth it. Right. And that's why we stopped doing interviews back in the day. Yeah. No one wants the third guy who's just sort of, you know. But like we would, we, we talked to Michael Copperman mm -hmm. and we talked to the Axe Cop guy, you know, a yep. few different people. And it was cool talking to them, but it's like, we, you know, there's, there's three of us and one of us is always going to feel sort of left out. Yeah. Either it's you and I making jokes and the, and the guest feeling left out or me just talking to the guest or you yeah. just, talk, you know, it's always something. I, uh, back, back then I was never the, the, the interview guy, you know, like. Saying nothing else, you you could do those th those interviews. Sure, but that's being an objective sort of almost reporter. I did mm -hmm. some horrible journalism back in the day. I remember some of the basic yeah. stuff. I, it's just, first of all, that wasn't the show that we were doing. No, we're not an interview show. No, we're not. And actually, our pal Pat Loika has has gone on to do that sort of thing. Yes, to great success. Yeah. He talks to he talks to big names in comics and stuff that like that. That guy talks to people that I am so jealous of. Yeah. And see that's an interview show. That's yeah. a friend of ours going another direction with it. Yeah. But that's not us. No. We, we can't really do that. And I mean given the option, I couldn't do that anyway. I could. Well, but turn I turn into the Chris Farley show. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> hey, hey. Remember that time when you wrote that up the issue of Hawkeye? That's really good. <laughs> I you're yeah. you're great. I didn't love that sketch, but the one where he's talking to Paul McCartney. Do you remember that one? Yeah, uh, no. Do you, do you remember? People used to say, Paul is dead. <laughs> yeah, yes, I do remember that. Uh, that, was, that wasn't true, right? Yeah, that was a, that was a hoax, right? <laughs> right, because you're not dead. Oh, so stupid. <laughs> um, but no, I could, I could interview, but there would be no joy in it. I could interview someone competently. Yeah. But I wouldn't, it'd just be like, fine, I got some information out of them, let's move on. It's not funny or interesting or, you no, know what I mean? I like, mean, that's what we try to do. Yeah. We try to be funny. And so, again, we're so writers. People will tell us we're good. Yes, yeah, so people <laughs> will tell us we're good. But that, that has never been more clear to me than that weekend. Yeah. Now, the weird side of that is... After we did that show that we were both not happy with, mm -hmm. and we got to be terrible for us both not to be happy with it. Yeah, I'm usually pretty pleased with everything I do. Or at least, like, well, Because that's... I know how great <laughs> <laughs> Or that was a show. Now it's time to go over here and eat some cheese fish. Yes. I, it's very telling that after, the second they turned the mics off, I went upstairs to the, to the table for an hour. I said, okay, we're going to, yeah. we're, we're starting our little, uh, our gathering, our little prom get-together mm -hmm. that Laura puts together. In an hour, I'm going to go up to the table where I can feel good about myself. Yeah. And that's seriously what I did. Rather than weep in a corner, mm -hmm. which would have been my my move two years ago, or sit there glowering, which would have mm -hmm. been my move a year ago, I said, I know what, what I can do right now. And I went upstairs and I put <laughs> Come on, on, Jim. Yep. <laughs> How you doing? Jim Kirk, Captain of the Enterprise. Yeah. You're still uh, still hearing that in your sleep, I bet. Uh-huh. Yeah. How you doing? Jim Kirk, Captain of the Enterprise. You've probably heard of him. Yeah. A lot, a lot of that. By the end of the weekend, I managed to make his mouth make a... a, a <laughs> you finally figure out how to do it. Yep. <laughs> the 
the weird thing was I spent like three days with that mm-hmm. puppet and my hand never, like I never got puppet hand and that's a lot to do with Kim. Yeah. She made an ergonomic puppet. She made a damn fine puppet. Yeah, she did. Um, but I, but that goes against this whole, I'm a writer, I can't perform thing. Cause I went and lost myself in a character that I was completely riffing with. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know, man. People are complicated, you know? I guess. People are weird. I guess. You're not good in front of people, and then someone sticks a, a puppet on your hand, and suddenly you're fucking something. Well, I've I had, don't know. I've had people tell me that, and I, I can see it. Just that I just... Parts of me that you never see. Mm-hmm. I just become this extrovert who's just great at interacting with people, and just... Like, I just light up. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. I really don't. But See, and I got, like... I got super uncomfortable the when yeah. we uh, when we pulled out. We were gonna try and you know try some of the other different puppet stuff. Yeah, because most of our characters are are two man things. We got yeah. the cows, we got Nick and Willikins, but it just it wasn't. And I just you know I I couldn't do that. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I really yeah. don't. But I love it. Yeah, I love that I can turn that on, but I can't do it uh, with the other. It's basically a solo thing, and I hate to leave you out, mm-hmm. but it's a thing that you know. And we're going to try some different dynamics. We yeah, might no, we're, we're going to, we're going to, we got yeah. some plans for, uh, right. We're going to work next on that. time, yeah. but it's just, I don't know what it is, but that notwithstanding, it always just comes back to, you know, the prepared material works, the, mm-hmm. the prepared honed material works best. Yeah. Getting up there and trying our best. I mean, the mail was the worst. Yeah. The mail was the absolute worst where we're digging out questions that people wrote us earlier that day. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to answer this. I really yeah. do not. And I, there's a bit where I just walk out. Yeah. That was not like, I was trying to turn my discomfort into a bit mm-hmm. just, and walking out made it. So, okay. I go out there and I'm like, okay, this isn't ruined yet. I can at least do. And then I'll go back in the audience and heckle them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that may have been funny for 30 seconds, but that was something I just, I didn't know what to do. I was so fucking mad at you. Really? I thought you were bailing. Oh no, I wouldn't do that. I was making it a B. Come on, you don't. You know me better than that. Dude, you stood up and walked out. Yeah, but have no. I ever done that to you before? Nope. Yeah, and I wouldn't have done it. That's that. why I was shocked. I made it a bit. I I stayed out there for a minute and then I came back. I mean, when you came back, it's fine. I just like to be That son of a bitch! I can hear him getting into his car right now. I went really far. Like, I wanted to make sure the audience couldn't see me. I went yeah. I went almost out the door. Mm-hmm. But, no, I wouldn't have done that to you. It's just that, like I say, that whole weekend, was just, okay, I get it now. And for those of you who listened to Sarcastic Voyage, who, who came over here when we told you to come over here for the series discussion, mm. that's why the show has changed. Yeah. Because we are confident in the sketches and the prepared material. We can riff ourselves. Mm-hmm. But bringing a guest in, doing the mail, just, it's not... It's hard, and it's inconsistent. Yeah. And it's hard to sell to people. Yeah. I, you know, like, we would do the, we would be talking to people, and, you know, you know, we can, on the one hand, say, we do a Star Trek show, we review Star Trek, boom, mm-hmm. easy, down. I had that down in about a minute. Yep. You, I would, I would lure them in with the Kirk puppet, mm-hmm. and then I would explain what the show was, yep. and then we would hand them a disc. Easy. Or... or I'd be talking to someone, and then off to the side, you'd be talking to a cute girl. I don't know how that started happening. Listen, I'm as shocked as you are. And once it was anomaly, but I saw it three or four times. Yeah. That was weird. Listen, I'm... Yeah. I didn't think I could do that either, so... No, and I didn't see... That was a surprise for everyone. I didn't see you talking to dudes either. It was always cute girls. Yep. I don't know what that was about, but you keep doing that. 
<laughs> I didn't know you. I didn't know you had that. No, me keep, neither. Keep doing it. Uh, but yeah, that's an easy sell. That, yeah. That's a that's a one sentence pitch. That's explaining a... what Sarcastic Voyage is is a l- there's no um there's no elevator pitch for that show. Right. I mean, we, we the banner that Bob made up for us. Mm-hmm. He said we really need to keep the the thing down to five words, and I thought yeah. it was funny comedy variety because it is those things. And puppets yep. on the radio is funny. Yeah. Because really, the characters we do are now in puppet form, so mm-hmm. puppets on the radio. But. And variety was always the thing I would emphasize, but it's still hard to, like, variety, what does that mean? Like, that just means there's a bunch of, you know. It's a, ske- it's a, it's a sketch, though. But it you also know, has like, us talking. We talk, also, which and is also not a sketch. We answer mail, and with, with guests, sometimes. You, you know. know. Yeah. But now, we can just sell it as a sketch show with, with some host segments. Yeah. Which I think will be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I think it's very telling that we went to that con with... 250 post-atomic horror CDs, 500 SVCDs. I came home with 490 SVCDs mm-hmm. and 25 post-atomic horror CDs. Yeah. We gave away, you know, 225 of those suckers. Yeah. Which, so, you know. We're sort of clear on uh, well, where, our, where our bread is being buttered right now. And that's the other thing is it's not that I want to emphasize it more. It's targeted marketing. It's the nerds yeah. will like the Star Trek show. I'm still yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm surprised that it, you know, it took us so long to realize that, you know. Yeah, it should I'm a convention. Yeah. Well, and the, and the idea Give them for, the Star Trek. The idea for the Kirk puppet came about two weeks before the show. Yeah. I was thinking, okay, last year I had Neil Gaiman. This year I need an outgoing, like, none of our characters are sort of outgoing, you know, talk to people as they walk by. I need yeah. somebody like that. And I I thought about it really hard, and I had a list of stuff, and I kept crossing things off. At one point, this wouldn't have fit this criteria, but I wanted a sci-fi Hank Hill. I wanted a sci-fi fan Hank Hill. I love sci-fi fan Hank Hill. I'm not sure how well that would have worked. No, it wouldn't have worked at all. And it would have amused us and the two or three people in our audience who find it amusing. Yes. But I think that's that also might just be us. Also, Kim didn't even know who Hank Hill was. Wow. I mean, she she's seen the show once or twice, but she didn't really know. Well, some people don't get King of the Hill. Yeah. But, I don't know why I get King of the Hill, frankly. No, and that's a show without any jokes. Yeah. Coming back to that. Yep. That's what, it's very much like a Christopher Guest movie, where it's really interesting characters, really funny situations, but no real jokes. Not, no. I mean, there's some, but not, not many. The, uh, my, my thing with King of the Hill was always, it has one really completely hysterical thing per episode. Yeah. But and I, then the rest of it is weird. I always wondered why that show wasn't live action, because there was nothing about it that needed to be a cartoon. Nope. The only thing would be keeping them the same age, because the show ended up being on for 12 years. I, my assumption has always been that it sort of came out of, like, you know, that sort of second big animation boom? Yeah. No, it definitely did, and it was And like, then it lasted for, like, 11 fucking years. Somebody at Fox must have loved that show. Yeah. Because, yeah, I was always shocked and pleased mm-hmm. to discover we'd go through on Netflix... And we beat a season eight. I'm like, really? There's still, still? more? Great. There's still more King of the Hill, huh? Good. I love this. Yeah. Uh, where was I going with that? Oh, the I don't King... know. We'll have to save that for our King of the Hill episode. <laughs> I could see doing one of those. Yep. It's going to be an hour of us listing the characters off. <laughs> Con. Min. And if you can explain to me why that's Dale. funny. Why is that funny? Where did that come from? I don't know. But that would that would enlighten me to our process way more than this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Kirk puppet. And that ended up being the, the you know... It was kind of a dumb idea, like an off idea, but now it's mm-hmm. like, of course, we lured them in with a Star Trek-related funny thing. Yep. 
the best thing, the very best thing I figured out after talking to about 10 people was to say, we do a Star Trek show. I'd gesture to the puppet. I'd say, we obviously don't take it that seriously. Nope. We have a puppet. Sold. Yeah. That was, and I'd always do the little self-deprecating. Well, obviously we're, we don't take it that seriously. Mm -hmm. And they go, oh, okay. <laughs> Here, have a free CD. Yes. They're free. Don't worry. They'd always recoil. Like, oh, what are you going to make me buy? No, 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 no. It's not a snake. Calm down. And I had maybe five people say, oh, CD, really? And I would always, and I wouldn't be confrontational. But I'd say, tell me, tell me how we can do this without a CD. Tell yeah. me how we can put this in your hands. If you can think of a better way to get ice, I'd like to hear it. <laughs> I can't shovel internet into your hands as much as I'd like to. <laughs> the Wi-Fi on the con floor is horrible. Otherwise, yeah. maybe I could. One guy, one guy out of the, we handed out 225 CDs. One guy said QR code. Shockingly, that guy was not flunked. No, it was a guy who was serious. Yeah. Here's the thing. We've made jokes about it. We wrote a sketch about it. But mm -hmm. I am willing to admit I'm wrong. If QR codes become a huge thing and everyone wants to use them, all right, fine. Here's a QR code. Yeah. I resisted I... the word tweet for years. Mm -hmm. It's here to stay. Fine. I resisted the word blog for years. Yeah. But I will come around if, if it ends up being a thing. And... I sort of don't think it will be. I don't either. I think now that Mustache Charlie's invested in it, it definitely will be a thing. <laughs> That is the definite... Uh, yeah. That is how you can tell something's down the drain. Right. But, um... Anyway. Luring them in with a funny Star Trek thing. Giving them the semi-serious pitch. That worked. I just yep. don't know how to do that with SV. Nope. There is an audience. I know there's an audience for written, perform, you know, performed sketch comedy. Oh, of course there is. Look at fucking uh, Super Ego. Oh, I was just going to say, there's not a lot of shows... And I'm not going to say we're original by any stretch of the sketch comedy's been around since comedy was invented. I don't know if you people know this, but we actually did invent sketch comedy. Yeah. So, first of all, you're welcome. You can listen to SV and hear us gradually, you know, inventing it. Yeah. Secondly, we'd like our checks now, please. Yes. And Matt means checks with a Q. I mean checks with a K. That's a lot yeah. of checks. Yeah. Figure it out. Get yep. them to us. Yeah. I. But I can't. I mean, I don't know the field nearly as much as you do, but Super Ego does sort of semi-improv. Do you know Super, of any... Uh, like... Super Ego's, yeah, Super Ego's improv. Uh, they do like we did with the Aaron Like they, ba they base it around They come an in idea. with an idea. They come they in with some They base it around an idea. Yeah. But they, um, don't, uh, they don't... But it is improv. They don't script their sketches. And they do do that thing where, like, you know, they record for like an hour and yeah. cut down to the best three minutes. Well, and that's another reason why I like the Aaron Fawcett thing. That's the first time we did super ego style thing mm -hmm. and i think we did a pretty good job and i think if we keep doing that every now and then we'll get better at it yeah but that's being comfortable with each other but other than that it's not even a sketch show but my first go-to probably be thrilling adventure hour no that's close that's which is you know that's... scripted very scripted as far as i can tell yeah uh comedy on the radio yeah and that's actually i'm gonna start playing with some serialized stuff on mm -hmm. our show, we're going to have one sort of serialized thing a week with... Well, the the, the, the Nick and Willikin three-parter worked really well. Yeah, I, I well, thought. Nick and Willikins ended up being... I don't know. I, I broke it up on our website to, like, different series. Mm -hmm. And I was just... I I ended up doing that Arrested Development thing where the last episode tied up a bunch of stuff from earlier. Yeah. And I was just like... I don't know. It's 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 our stupid British characters. It's so dumb. Yep. And I was so like, oh my god, I did a, you know, I did a thing. Mm -hmm. I tied it all back to the stupid Russell Brand joke from the first part of this run. And it was, <laughs> it was dumb. But there's little, like, and here I am patting myself on the back again. That's fine. 
there was a there was a thread that you might not have caught where every time Nick changed personnel like we we sort of called it near the end where he kept hitting his head mm-hmm. but when he changed to upper class Nick it was because uh good great and Petunia kept whacking him in the head yep like that's where that started and like <laughs> I paid it off at the end where it kept happening mm-hmm. just dumb stuff like that but stuff that's like there as the development thing the echoes of you know two three four five six seven yeah that was like a ten part thing yeah and I just there were little things that I kept paying out. There was a whole Downton Abbey vibe because I was watching that show. And mm-hmm. but anyway, that's <laughs> that takes me back to the when we were doing Intermen, and the strip the strip of the week would basically reflect whatever movie I had watched that week. Yeah, or I was on a Rocky and Bullwinkle kick for a while. Yeah, and we'd, you know we'd end it with like a tune in next time for this or this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I we're gonna we're gonna do some serials. I have a couple of ideas in mind. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do some sort of, you know, long, long form episodic stuff. And I, but I can't really think of anything else. Podcast. I mean, I, you know, podcasts way better than I do, but high profile. I, well, ones, yes. High profile ones. I can't think of anyone who does. No one that really does, which is kind of surprising. You would have thought with the onslaught, onslaught, what the fuck? The onslaught. You would have thought with the, uh, yeah, the onslaught, why not, of, uh, of a podcast that, um, you know, like, yeah. Audio dramas would sort of have made a comeback. Well, audio dramas, I think, have. I don't know how much that how much that's true, though. I no, I definitely know there's a lot of people trying to do radio plays and radio theater, but I'm just talking straight up uh, sketch comedy. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, this is hardly like an original thing. I have always loved sketch comedy, so so mm-hmm. do a lot of people. Yep. But I mean, I love you know Python and Kids in the Hall and uh, early SNL. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of of the of the form. And even more recent things, Portlandia, uh, Human Giant was okay. Uh, it's a British thing from not too long ago. Them, Mitchell and Webb. No, no, no. Mitchell and Webb is the. That's that's kind of what I was building to. Ah, we well, um, you can just take this part out. No, 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 no. Them from that thing. That's what it was. They did. Ah. There was a couple episodes. That was okay. But we went. We took that break for Sarcastic Voyage. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, people thought we were goofing. We had Vishal do a little. Every voyage has an end, and there's like the the. The two silhouettes of us. Yep. And it was the, the thing was we're ending the show and then we came back. But we really took a break there when we really thought a lot about what we wanted the show to be. Yeah. And I think I think you probably went off and played video games. That is almost certainly true. We had some talks and you you showed up and had some serious conversations with me. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm the list guy. Yes, I'm the video games guy. But I got to thinking there are so many shows out there where it's just two guys talking. I don't, yeah, I mean, you you really want to talk about what's popular on podcasts. Jesus. I don't want to be that, though. We're just two guys no one's heard of. I don't want to be that. I want to do something that stands out, and that's mm-hmm. why the Trek show stands out, because as far as I know, nobody does what we're doing at least for as long as we've done it. No. I don't think anyone has started with The Cage and are up to season six of Next Gen. I'm going to say this, and I ha- don't say this in public often, but I've listened to a couple of Star Trek podcasts for a while there i was checking out a bunch of them just in an effort to find something that i would enjoy listening to before we started yeah before this mm-hmm. is way back uh-huh. i found one good star trek podcast that was and it doesn't come one? out the, the british one make yeah. it so and it doesn't come out anymore yeah that means we're the best star trek podcast i i would not make that claim until i mean someone might have a, a good one and i'd love to hear it mm-hmm. but as far as episode reviews go I've heard a couple of times people say, oh, we're we're nipping on your heels, we're going to do a show, and then I go uh, check them out, and they stopped at, like, the man trap. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's nice. That is the one talent, well, no, I've I've done a lot of bragging this, this show. 
But the one talent that I've always copped to from the beginning is that I fucking know how to finish something. Mm-hmm. I stick with it. We are we are making it to Enterprise unless I die. Yep. That is going to happen. Um, God, I don't want it to happen. I I would prefer. No, but we're going to make it to the end is my point. Yeah. We are going to, we started this, we're going to finish it. Enterprise, yeah, we will get there. Yeah. But Sarcastic Voyage, I just didn't want to be, like, that show stands out, post on mm-hmm. SV was like, well, we're just doing the same thing as everyone else. We're talking to our friends. We're never going to break out of this circle of our friends unless we do something different. Yeah. And I want more people to hear what we do, but it's like, who cares? I don't know these people. Who cares? Mm-hmm. And I risk alienating that core audience when I expand out, but I want more people to hear us. Um, yeah. And so, I, like, we took a sabbatical. We, Like I said, we, we talked about ending the show. I don't think we had any intention of doing that, but we definitely had to take a break. No. And I just thought about it for a long time. I, I stacked up on my on my phone, on my on my iPod, all this different kind of comedy. Sketch comedy, radio shows, just everything I could think of, all mm. different genres of audio comedy, thinking, would this work for us? Would this work for us? And I went on vacation. We went on this long drive down the coast. We went to Southern California from Seattle. <laughs> you and Amanda. Yes. Yeah, not, not you and I. Not us. No. That would have been fine, too. Yeah. Someday we'll take a vacation together. I, you know. Without our women. <laughs> you know, the thing is. Go out into the woods for a while. I'm not going Reconnect. Back. I'm not going. We're not connecting. Fucking a tent. Connect like, uh, like Legos. <laughs> I'm, I'm the peg Lego, just in case. Uh, oh, yeah. With my peg leg. <laughs> um, no, Python used to go on, like, uh, they go to Barbados. Yeah. And write Life of Brian. Like, they just go. Uh, you know, go right during the day and then go have fun at night. Yeah. And that just seemed like the coolest thing to me. I'd love to just go away for a week and write something and then come back with a script. We'll go out to Braintree and take acid. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. You can. I'll sit and work. You can go trip. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, because there's nothing scarier than me on acid. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't either. I just suspect. Well, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, we, we Amanda and I went on this vacation, long drives on the coast. I love uh, I love a long drive. I really oh, do. Yeah. It clears my head. This is the closest I get to meditation. Mm-hmm. And it was August. The ocean was there. It's like blue ocean and just everything was great. And my head was clear for the first time in years. And I was listening to Nerdist for the first time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is great, but this is not what we do. I will I will continue listening to this, but this isn't us. Right. And I don't remember what else. There were a few other shows along those lines that I liked, but wasn't really us. And then I had the stack of uh, of a sketch show from, from the UK called Mitchell and Webb. Mm-hmm. Um, that Mitchell and Webb sound. And they also have a, a That Mitchell and Webb look on, on TV. I have That Mitchell and Webb book. There's, there's a theme here. <laughs> but I listened, and then I was like, this is it. These guys write and perform comedy. They, they don't have a lot of voices. That was the thing that hit me first. These guys write sketches, and then they take the best parts for themselves. And between them, they maybe have seven voices. Mm -hmm. It's not that they're these incredible voice guys. They just want to take the good parts for themselves. Yeah, I can understand that. You will notice that there are no pair of characters on our show that are are played not by me and Matt. Yes. There's a reason for that. There's a very good reason for that. Our show! Yeah. Now, Solo, I mean... Joe does a great job as, as Orson, and Bob does a great job with Mustache Charlie, but I can't deny sometimes I'm like, I wish I was doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, duos, totally. But I mean, I listen to the show, and 
my thought for years was sketch comedy's dead. Everyone's done what they can do with sketch comedy. It's all just sort of tired and played out now. Yep. And it's understandable if you watched a recent episode of Saturday Night Live. Why someone might think that? I wasn't gonna say that, but yes. I will. Yeah, that's... that show's really bad. I don't care. The thing about that show is they've gotten very comfortable and very um, complacent. Mm -hmm. They have a format. They have a formula that they go through every week. They have an opening sketch that does this. They have monologue. They have a song. You know what I mean? It's all the same every week. When that show started, it was nuts. They would have when that show started. It had like just flat out uh, stand up segments. Yeah, they had uh, Carlin doing Carlin, his thing. Yeah, they had um, Andy Kaufman doing his weird shit. Yep, not just stand up. But that like, would never happen now. No, they had um, Joel Joel Hodgson would come out and do prop comedy. Yep, um, which I didn't realize until I saw his his one man show recently, where he's mm -hmm. like, "I was on SNL." Like you were? Oh yeah, I've seen that one. I just assume. He must have come out as the host and been in three sketches and done a little self-deprecating monologue, because that's what guests do now. Yeah. Anyway, that show's just gotten sort of tired. But then I I listened to this, and it was like copyright 2009 or something like that, and I'm like, yep. this, is, this is still good. They're not doing, I mean, some of it is sort of standard stuff. Yeah. But a lot of it is I mean, listen, like, never, not everything's going to be gold. No, I, I certainly not. I don't care who you are. Sometimes we struggle to fill that, uh, you know, 74-minute uh, best-of collection. Yep. Um, but I was like, this is this is it. These guys are writing good comedy. They're performing good comedy. They have, a, they have a group of people around them who are talented, who help them write and help them perform. This is what we should be. But I didn't completely want to change the show. So we threw in some sketches and some of this and some of that. Mm -hmm. and, and as I think of it more, it's like, you know what? This is what we should be doing. Yeah. Because we're writers. Who write. Yes, we do. Yeah. I write, then I crack the whip, and you write. Yep. And that's how that works. Yeah. And it works well. It's a dynamic that's worked well for us for, I don't know, seven Nigh years. on 20 years now. Yeah, nigh on 20. You weren't even born 20 years ago. What do you know? <laughs> God, I wish. I don't. So old Writing Intermen with you would have been creepy. Oh, hey, 11-year-old yeah. Matt. <laughs> It worked for Axe Cop. Yeah, well. <laughs> There's a reason I don't refer to him as by name. I call him the Axe Cop guy. Yep. And here's a little look behind the curtain there. He was he was a nice enough guy. It was very strange to me how he would not give his brother much credit. No. He kept saying, well, you know, yeah, my brother comes up with the idea, but I'm the artist. Mm -hmm. Like, what, Dude, the whole shtick is that your brother is six or whatever. Yeah. You should be being gracious and humble and saying, well, my brother, I'm I'm just the artist. He's the, yeah. you know. And I mean, like, that art, no, he's good. that art is definitely something to be proud of. Yes. I like that art a lot. Yeah. But, but you the know, reason like, people pay attention to you. you, you, you you've got a hook, dude. Yeah. You've got a really good hook. You're not just the, the flailing artist on the on the floor of Emerald City like, mm. like everyone we saw there. Yeah. Several people we know. Yeah. We, you know, you have a shtick. And it is, well... I mean, my brother does some of it. I mean, come on. It's not like you're making uh, R-rated fairy tale art. Well, I mean, you know, who doesn't love that? Uh, apparently everyone doesn't not love that. Yeah, I guess. Ugh. Is it sad that I followed that? <laughs> everyone doesn't not love that. Hey, look, we've been working together a long time. I think, we, I think we've made that abundantly clear. Yes. Uh, that's basically all I wanted to talk about. I just yeah. wanted to, to talk about that sort of epiphany that I had and... Kind of talk to Matt about what we do. I mean, sort of hash this out. Did we? Is there anything else? You know, this isn't like my like on the other shows. This isn't my cue to say we're done. 
Yeah, we're done. Uh, that's all the mail we have. On the post Matt, horror. say your catchphrase. On the post horror, it's it's interesting when we have a new guest, because they don't quite pick up on, do you have anything else? What that means is, do you have one or two more points, because it's time to move on. Yeah. It doesn't mean shut up and stop talking. It means... Shut up and talk. stop talking soon. Yeah. We're wrapping <laughs> up. We're hitting... Like, I make the show an hour. We're hitting the 30-minute mark. Yeah. Make your last points. Who was it I was talking to? I don't remember. Was it Jesus? Oh, well, yeah, but that's not, that's for another show. <laughs> that, I got a whole, I got a whole thing for that. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Bible. Oh, really? Yep. All right. No, it's, uh, it's called More Fish. The More ah, Fish yes. podcast, because there was one fish and then he made more fish. <laughs> um, no, I was talking to Ed in the ADD cast, which is actually going to post after this. Right. Where I was kind of trying to give him that cue. I said, uh, you got anything else? He said, oh, yeah, about a hundred things. <laughs> uh, you're not. But here, okay. seriously, I mean, is there anything more in this process that you think we should discuss? Any any further thing we haven't covered? I don't think so. I mean, that's pretty much it. I, this is how we work. A lot of, you know, and a lot of the other stuff that we sort of, the a lot of our process we sort of talked about on that show with Dirk. That's true. And you should listen to that, and like I said... You, you should. You should. I was actually really pleased with how that turned out. I think I talked too much. But I always think that. <laughs> no, I, I thought do. I thought that one, that was a really nice... I, I thought that was something we never sort of do, which is... Well, and that's kind of why I to do this. Yeah, seriously analyze what we do. Yeah, and I think this is it. I think we're mm-hmm. done now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was that was good to listen to. Like I say, this show... I really wanted this to be an experimental stuff that doesn't fit into any other thing... Yeah. People seem to be responding well to the serious chat. So that's what I'm going to do. That's what the mm-hmm. show's going to be now. Um, Matt will probably be on frequently because we got stuff that we like to talk about that isn't, you know, goofy host segments or sketches. I really, once it wraps up, I would love to do an episode of this on uh, Breaking Bad. Yes. I, our old theme shows that you guys, a lot of you liked on, on SV. The, yeah. the Simpsons one, the Star Wars one, the Futurama one. We will totally do more of those here. We yeah. we have a venture. I think after the next round of Venture Brothers happens, we totally need to talk about that. Yeah. That is a show I could go on and on about. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a show that's multi-layered that really informs my writing now. Um, But other stuff. I'm actually going to do a little chat with uh, Pat Loika about Transformers. Cause Very nice. Obviously a, a thing that I'm passionate about. Yes, shockingly. But that's a, you know, that's going to be a thing. That's, that's mm-hmm. And there is no schedule. Don't ask me when the next one's coming because it comes when I feel like it. Yep. But like I say, Matt will be here from time to time. And I'll talk to Ed about craziness from time to time. And yep. It'll be a good time. I can say the word time at least six more times. See? How many times more can you say it, Al? Well, six times five. I don't. Time, 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 time. Ah, you're cheating. Time, yep. time zero makes me angry about... Uh, Mark Time. Twain. See, now, I believe I have now made that reference in post Core, in Sarcastic Voyage, in a Transformers review, and here. Yep. I hate Mark Twain in that episode of Star Trek. Can we, uh, can we officially put him to rest now? Nope. Now I'm going to buy... Bury him in a shallow grave somewhere? That would be okay. Need to kick your way onto some other podcasts and mention them there. Hmm. Actually, we could do an entire podcast about, uh, about Django Unchained, now that I think of it. Yeah, I was reminded of that because there's a bit at the beginning where he's like, uh, you could take that gun, shoot him, bury them, you know, bury them both deep. I was just thinking about that. Fuck, I love that movie. I have literally watched that movie ten times. Yeah. Um, 
And I, like a man and I, I keep waiting for us to get sick of it, and we just don't. I can almost quote it word for word now. It That's because it is fucking fantastic. And I was reluctant to say this when it first came out because it was just sort of the, the, the dazzle of seeing it. But I think yeah. it's my favorite Tarantino movie. We did a, we did a marathon, and then we've been watching it, and I just I think it's my favorite one. No? I would need to see it again. Uh, it it would be hard to knock Kill Bill down for me. Oh, Kill Bill was alright to me, but it's... I fucking love Kill Bill. Now, Pulp Fiction was really hard to shake loose because it was the first, you know... Yeah. That movie is cool, like, in a way that nothing else is. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time I saw it, it was like, I was not aware anything could be this cool. Yeah. And that's the word for it. It's not... I mean, it's a good movie. Yeah, but it's it's a very cool movie. It's so stylish. It's yep. so just this is this is right. This aesthetic yep. is just perfect. But Django just and the more I think about it, the more it's just sort of a traditional film with like a you know three act structure. Yeah, and a hero and a, and a uh, mentor and this is very standard. But it's so good. Um, there is uh, I do not endorse doing illegal things. Mm-hmm. But there is a crystal clear DVD quality Oscar screener copy floating out there somewhere. Well, should anyone be interested in uh, ratting out their fellow citizens for copying things, <laughs> then now you know it's out there. <laughs> now I actually feel like that scene where he's like, uh, you have two options. One, you could lift the horse off of him. <laughs> or two, yeah. I could listen to Christoph Waltz talk all day, by the way. I love that guy. Oh my god. So maybe maybe we'll talk about that. Who knows? Yep. In any case, Matt, I do appreciate this. I know talking seriously isn't necessarily our best thing, but yeah. Uh... And to get a little emotional for a sec, I do really enjoy working with you, and I hope As it doesn't do stop I... anytime soon. Nope. And that is all. So I love you, man. Yeah, ditto. Love you too. <laughs> you know, at the con, we did an awful lot of like hugging and stuff. Yep. And I think it was genuine affection. Like, we did a little for, for shock value or whatever. Yeah, dude, you're one of my best friends. Yeah, ditto. It's it, We're definitely, like... I For a while there, it was like, yeah, we work together, we know each other, okay. Yeah. But I, I think we definitely turned a corner there. Yeah. All right, let's make out now. All right. This show was produced by me, Ron Algar-Watt, and featured Matt Robotham. To learn more about Matt, follow him on Twitter, at RobotMatt, or check out the Sarcastic Voyage and Post-Atomic Horror podcasts, which he co-hosts with me. To learn more about me, go to Algar.com, double A-L-G-A-R. Thanks for listening, and you making a good point, A-Round. <laughs>